Hello and a very warm welcome to our brand new Journeyman podcast. It's edition number one, late summer, autumn 2021. I'm Leon Choi and um, I'm actually here on false pretenses because although I'm kick-starting um, this first podcast, I'm actually not the host. Um, but I thought it would be only right and proper to give our actual um, real star host a proper introduction. So. Um, we are going to begin today with um, me having a bit of a chat um, with the wonderful Pauline Daniels. For her. <laughs> um, now, for those of you who are not um, quite familiar or been fortunate enough to, like myself, to have grown up with the four decades repertoire of um, Pauline, here's some highlights um, for you to think about. I mean, Pauline um, played uh, Mama Morton in Chicago and Rose in Gypsy at the Liverpool Playhouse. She has been Willie Russell's Shirley Valentine um, from 1992. In fact, uh, she was described as the best ever Shirley Valentine by Joe Riley. And um, she, was, she played Mrs. K in um, Our Day Out. Um, she has performed with the Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra, in fact, sung with the uh, Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra, played the West End. Um, she's been on our TV sets, um, starring in Carla Lane's Bread. She played Maria Benson in Brookside. Um, and of course, she was the only female comic to appear on ITV's famous hit show, The Comedians. A very warm welcome, Pauline Daniels. I'm actually knackered listening to that, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> well, so well, after, after all of that kind of uh, credentials being read out, this, um, you, you know, being asked to actually host uh, a podcast for Journeyman must be the pinnacle of your uh, long-established career. By far. Yeah, but seriously, I mean, I mean how, how have you got involved with Journeyman? I was kidnapped by you and, <laughs> and Phil, if I remember correctly. Um, I was interviewing you both uh, on the radio and um, we, I sort of, it really did intrigue me what you were doing because I'd been involved with Tomorrow's Women Wirral and uh, obviously everybody always expects that, um, if you've actually watched my stand-up, I've, I've always been a, a man-eater, as they say, um, and I've always sort of had a go at men. And the important thing to me is the fact that um, nobody seems to look after men's health in, in any way, shape or form, never mind mental health. And so when I was asked to be an ambassador, I was completely thrilled and honoured because I thought maybe if I can just get that word out there, it would just help to sort of open up people's eyes and make people realise that, you know, there is a, a, there is a great need for support out there. And uh, when I actually came and met you all, I was blown away because I just thought it was fabulous. You're obviously Birkenhead born and bred. Um, you now reside over the water in, in Liverpool. Um, you mentioned Tomorrow's Women, um, uh, also over here in Birkenhead, you're working with us, and you've been involved with quite a lot of community um, projects and community work over the years. Why is that? Why, why did you get so involved? Well, I think what it is, um, I always find that sometimes for, you, you can't always give, I mean, if, it, if you were to give money to all of these charities, that's one thing, and it's great, and it's fabulous that people do that. But for me, it was important to give my time. Um, and also, if I can, I've performed over the years and raised an awful lot of money for different things. And I think to myself, well, it's sort of, it, it's my it's my thank you to the place where I was born, really. I mean, obviously I'm involved with different charities and groups over on, uh, on the Liverpool side, 
but nowhere near as much as I have been with the Birkenhead side and, and I'm, I hope to stay that way um, throughout my career because um, obviously Birkenhead's always thought of as um, well, well, the woolly backs and the you know the back end of Merseyside, and, and the entire truth is 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 the complete opposite. And um, so I've always thought that if there's one thing I could do, it's give me time. And if I can just help, I mean, if there's just one thing, I mean, I did a, a, a great thing for um, Moira McLaughlin when she was mayor. Um, she needed to raise some money and the money went to Tomorrow's Women Wirral and we did three nights of Shirley Valentine at the Town Hall in that fabulous space that's there that nobody uses anymore if anybody from the Town Hall or the council's listening um, and it's such a shame because it's brilliant and so we raised a lot of money that way so if that's and I also have a, a disabled toilet named after me at uh, the uh, little theatre in Birkenhead because again Shirley's raised an awful lot of money for an awful lot of things because the little theatre there needed this disabled toilet uh, and a lift because um, otherwise it would have to close down. And so it needed that help. And it's a beautiful little theatre. And, and the sad thing, well, the great thing is that was the first theatre my mum took me to. I went to see Hobson's Choice there as a, as a very young person and sort of got quite... Um, attached to the theatre and that was I knew then that's what I wanted to do that's where I wanted to be and um, it was like so it was nice it was like going full circle and being able to say well great you gave me the love of the theatre so I'm giving you a disabled toilet so <laughs> um, so things like that and 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 they, they may seem um, little things but to me they're big things and they're important and and it's basically saying thank you God for giving me a talent and do you know what? I, I want to use it to help other people. I mean, could, could it be because, I mean, it's great because you're always championing, championing those causes, the, the local community, the disadvantage. And you played characters like Mrs. K in Our Day Out, which is doing exactly that. Is there a, some kind of coming together of Pauline Daniels and Mrs. K? Yeah, I suppose so. Mrs. K was lovely. I loved Mrs. K. I could never be as lovely as Mrs. K. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was and, and that was a great piece to be a part of. And also since then, I've played I've played characters, women with um, dementia. Um, sadly, I lost my mum through dementia. But um, sort of researching things like that, and I also played the mother of um, a, a street sex worker in Liverpool who was found chopped up in a bin bag. Uh, it was all verbatim. Became very, very close with that woman. Um, became very good friends with her. Sadly, she passed away a couple of years ago. But um, if you're doing your research, is is so important. And I became quite involved with 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 the girls who worked on the streets as well. Um, that's another thing that I'm quite passionate about, you know, because I, I know 99% of the girls on the street are there for drugs, and I would love to get rid of the drugs because that way the girls would be safe. Even when you are tackling such hard-hitting issues, like the the play you were talking about there, Unprotected, which is a very hard-hitting play, you, you, you know, you, you do it with us, you know, in a very with a very light touch way, with a smile on your face, but you, but you get to the serious issues. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty pretty special skill you have there. You know, I think uh, I also I was talking to somebody yesterday about the fact that um, well, I did a I did a gig for breast surgeons uh, on Friday. And I was talking to the guy there and he said, um, how did you sort of face all that? When you were told that you had breast cancer, how did you face all that? And I, 
I said to him, I literally sat down and wrote a routine and put it in my act, which was sort of not taking the mickey, obviously, but was sort of put, trying to glean some humour from a terrible, terrible thing. And since then, I've gone on to, to perform this act uh, and I've had women come into me saying that they were in... Uh, they were just diagnosed or they'd been through the same thing and uh, I cheered them up, I made them laugh when they hadn't laughed for days and so you know that's that's really important to me so in in that way I've just I've made a couple of people actually look at things differently um, when I uh, when we were doing uh, Unprotected as well um, that that was very serious um, extremely serious and after I'd done the play I was in a club in Liverpool and I went to the loo after I'd been on stage and two little old ladies were in there and one said to me, do you know what, love, we went to see your play and she said, we go the bingo and we come back through Crown Street on the bus and every night when we come back we go, oh, look at that little slut bit. She said, we don't do that anymore. What we do is we say, that's somebody's daughter, that is. And she said, you've made us care and opened our eyes. So you know what, it's... Um, it, it's a way of getting the message out and maybe if I do use the humorous way like uh, when I had breast cancer I had medication which brought on hot flushes I think they're still here by the way um, and bought magnets for me knickers because me, me mate said you can actually stop your hot flushes by having magnets in your knickers so I actually used to put it in the routine and say you know um, I was on the cruise ships and the captain knocked on the door one morning and he said, do you mind coming to the bridge? The compass isn't working and you wake up with your arse pointing north every day. <laughs> so it was a, a case of... And also, you know, uh, get there with things like mammograms. Um, I said, get over, get over the worry of a mammogram, girls. The night before you go in, go into the kitchen, strip to the waist, open the fridge door, slam one boob in it four times and the next day your mammogram's dead easy, you don't feel it. <laughs> so it's, it's things like that that I, I honestly think help people. Well, you started like life as a singer, yeah. And then, what, what, what drew you to stand up? It was a natural transition. Um, I started by singing, and I, I did a little club in Wallasey called the Tavern, which is no longer there. It's now down to the ground, unfortunately. And then um, I went on to do the clubs, and little by little, in between each song, I'd just tell a little. Because at first, I couldn't say a thing. I just used to go, and the next song was by. And then I gradually started to chat and I started to just naturally throw the odd gag in and then the gags got bigger, the songs got shorter and literally that's what happened. That's it. And, 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 and then um, before you knew it, you were, you were uh, the only female comic on The Comedians. What was that like? Do you know, that was one of the scariest things ever. Um, they did it over three days. Mine was on the Tuesday, and on the Monday, Vince Earl, another Birkenhead lad, um, he was on, and he said to me, do you want to come with me and watch how it's done? And I went, yeah. So I went, and I was warned when I went that you're given big cue cards, and I was warned not to write the punchline, because most comics will just write the punchline. And there was one microphone and one camera. I know they used to change the colour of the heads of the mic, but the camera would be right in front of you, and underneath there they put your cue card and so you could see and of course once that comic's gone um bernard manning was the man at the time was coming on and doing um 
a few funnies and of course he'd see the, the change of the board and he'd see the um, the punchline. He knew that gag because we all know everybody's gags. And he would do the gag before the comic got on. So I was warned not to do that and just to put, write me gags in code. So I did that. Um, and going with Vince the day before was a big, big help. And the next day was quite scary. There were a couple of male comics who were lovely, but in general, uh, when I got back, I had to like, you know, sit there pulling the knives out of me back. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, how to, yeah, um, the good old days, the good yeah. old bad old days. But you're back doing stand-up again now from this November, you've got a new show. I have. You, you, you're kicking it off um, here on the Wirral in the new Bright Brighton Pavilion. Do you want to tell us a, yeah. about that? I am look, really looking forward to it because um, I did the last panto with the floral uh, before they did all the renovations and then I did the first panto when they opened again. Uh, I love the floral, it's great, but um, I put this little tour together and I've been writing it during lockdown and um, tried a lot of it out on the breast surgeons the other day and it's all looking good. And um, what I've done is, um, it was originally called the uh, Pauline Daniels Where's Me Bloody Pension Tour because when it was originally put together I was still waiting for my pension because I was a waspy and um, now I've actually got me bloody pension so I've had to change it so I've changed it to the Pauline Daniels get me before the crematorium does tour um, so it opens on the 5th of November at the Flora Pavilion and then uh, I've got a little gap and then next year it goes all over the country excellent well um We'll definitely look forward to that. We, we, we've got Des coming on later in the podcast who will run through um, a lot of what's on um, uh, over the autumn and, and beginning of the winter. And he can give you a reminder of um, Pauline's show and how to get tickets um, for that. Um, I mean, in terms of the uh, of the theatre, now you actually ran, you were a proprietor of your own theatre for almost a decade, weren't you? Yep. Yeah, I had a lovely little ACC theatre in Seal Street. I invited Willie Russell around to have a look. He stood on the stage. He said, this is fabulous. You'll never make a bloody eightney. And by God, he was right. Uh, however, what I did do was um, I gave an awful lot of young people an opportunity. I had three young people who came to work with me go on to, um, to theatre school. Two of them went to the Liverpool Theatre School and one went to Bristol Old Vic, which I was very proud of. I had a young girl come in and say, I want to do sound and lights, what do I do? I said, I have no idea. Get up in that little box up there and have a mess around. She went on to be uh, lighting and sound at the Royal Court in Liverpool. So I was really, really quite pleased and proud of, of what I did. And um, it was great, we ran it on a, a voluntary basis. And, and it was great because we could give opportunities to writers who, they would go to the Playhouse or the, or the Everyman and they would say to them, they would ring me up and say, see this guy or see this girl, she's written this, it's not right for us, it's too small for us or whatever. And we had one um, play go on to, which was called Madonna and Me, went on to uh, Australia. And we had a great little play by um, Scott Murphy, all about John Lennon. And it was a really, really big success. And we, we sort of uh, asked our, our patrons who used to come and support, they used to come and watch absolutely everything and they were lovely. And we said, look, we want to take this to the, um, we want to submit it to the New York Fringe um, just off, off, off Broadway. And we got in 
and then we had to sort of go cap in hand to everybody but we got the money and we sent them out there unfortunately there wasn't enough money for me to go but they all went and they had an absolute ball and they had great rave reviews my final question is because you are back in theatre now you're back at the royal court um, um from august um, in, a, in a brand new play, aren't you? So yeah. what, 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 what's, um, what's that one called? Well, it's exciting because it's true. It's a true story. There's a bakery in Anfield called Home Baked and um, the council were going to bulldoze this whole section of, 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 sh of houses and this bakery that was on the end, which had been there for 70 odd years with the same family. And some locals just went, nah, you're not doing it. We're having that bakery. So they moved in, um, never even, never baked a loaf in their life, um, but have made a great success of it. And at the back, they've got a, a grassed area and they, they've got a community sort of playground there. And they've done amazing things. And it's been written by a Boff Wally, who, for those of you who have no idea who Boff Wally is, he's from Chumbawamba and wrote um, Tub Thumping. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've all been knocked down, but we've all got up again. So we actually open on the 23rd of September through to the 24th of October and start rehearsals in August. Well, uh, my first job as host of Journeyman's podcast, first podcast, is to introduce you to um, a man who, well, 18 months ago, I didn't really know that he was going to be as involved as he is, but uh, I'd like you to, to meet Ross Abercrombie. How are you, Ross? Pleasure to be here. Thank How you are you? Very much. I'm good, thank you. So 18 months ago you got involved? 18 months. Um, round about the same time, the start of the pandemic, and when Janeman, you know, was in its infancy, really. Yeah. And it's been an absolute breath of fresh air. Your struggle though started when you were fairly young, uh, you, you struggle with mental health, so um, which is used to be such a stigma, but now we can talk about it, thank goodness, uh, in the open. So what were you finding, what, what were things that triggering, were triggering you off? I mean, it was obviously from the age of 13, I went through a bit of a traumatic experience, um, something that, you know, a lot of people will be able to relate to, lost a, you know, a relative, um, my grandfather. He was such a big part of my life, a massive, massive inspiration. And a lot of people will say, well, I've lost grandparents before, but this this man was my hero and, and, and still is to this day. Um, and it was very, very hard for me to sort of deal with it and, and sort of comprehend that I wasn't gonna see this person ever again. Um, the only problem was, was that instead of grieving, I became very sort of resentful, very angry, um, had problems with, you know, sort of anger management, and then it, it slowly progressed on to, to other things as I went through my teenage years, I had OCD, and at times became quite reclusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, struggled to go to school, um, struggled to go to football, which was a massive part of my life as well, the football. Uh, we're playing youth football and sort of got through that. But what I found was, was that because of maybe misdiagnosis, 
um, maybe not being on the, the right medication, whatever um, the, the, the failings were. My life was going in a cycle. Mm -hmm. um, it kept sort of repeating. Now, as you get older, we had this conversation before. As you're younger, it doesn't become, you know, sort of a, a police matter. But then when, you know, you're sort of 18, 21, you start, you know, sort of... It's a pattern you get arrested. Yeah. You're getting arrested, you get taken to court. And basically, I started picking up convictions. Um, and then was then involved in the probation system then. And it just you know spiraled mm -hmm. and it kept repeating itself and you know I've got to take quite a lot of responsibility for it because yeah. I wasn't able to recognise it and I do take responsibility for it and, and you know I do own it I don't let it defy who I am I think I did for a while and that again you know sort of goes into the mental health aspect of it was that I wasn't content with you know, sort of the, the, the problems that I, I had. And then eventually, you know, ended up committing a crime and, uh, and I went I went to prison for, the, I was sentenced to six years. And it wasn't until then that I sort of learnt to be content with the mental health problems that I've had and, yeah. and still have to this day. Uh -huh. um, I think you've got to own them. Um, for every, you know, sort of positive, there's going to be, you know, sort of a bit of a negative and, and vice versa. And I think I was able to, to sort of be content that, you know, some days maybe not top of the world I could be rock bottom uh, but there's nothing wrong with that that's that's completely normal and it's it's a little bit cliche and, and a lot of people have hashtagged it and stuff like that but it is okay not to be okay um, and it's okay to tell people listen I'm not okay yeah and I think that's important that you tell people yeah. and what you've done is you've done a, a fabulous thing because you've actually put all this in, into a video now yeah and uh, we can actually see that video on Journeyman's website and also on YouTube. Yeah. So um, I know you're thrilled to be working with Journeyman, as I am too. Yeah. Um, so what are your plans, your immediate plans now with Journeyman? Have you got the walking football up and running? Yeah, um, I think later today we're going to finalise that. And, you know, we, me and Phil have spoke about other sort of um, events that we can put on uh, with regards to, you know, sort of charity football events with other events going on at the same time um, just to literally create that awareness and just bring people together. It's been a really hard 18 months for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that, that was the basis of, of a lot of the ideas I named it you know sort of football festival type things so I was looking at you know sort of live music bouncy castles stuff like that while all that's going on 
possible charity football match. I wanted to maybe do a 24-hour football match, but I'm not too sure everyone will learn. <laughs> Everyone will be able to do that one. If it's, a walk, if it's a walking one, I don't mind going in goal for five <laughs> minutes, but that's about it. <laughs> mm. Ross, it's been an absolute delight talking to you, and I'm sure that during, well, over the next, oh, I don't know, year or so, we'll be doing more podcasts, and you'll be able to come and tell us exactly not only how that's all going on, but exactly how you're going on as well. Yeah. And, and what's your advice to anybody at all who is feeling like you say as though that it's not right to be okay what's your big advice to them no it is it is it is okay not to be okay but the honestly you may feel so alone um i've been there but you're not there are organizations such as journeyman who've got so much going on and you know just just reach out please i just Honestly, just please, please reach out because it'll be one of the best things that you ever did. Um, I haven't looked back since and it fits in really well with my football coaching. Um, the two go hand in hand and anyone that, that, that is at that low ebb, please just, just reach out. Excellent. Brilliant. Thanks, Ross, for Thank talking to us. Thank you very much, Pauline. It's been a pleasure. Right, well, um, during the podcast, uh, we are actually going to be talking to somebody who knows everything about everything, really, because there's so many things go on at Journeyman. His official title is support worker and fishing facilitator, but based on the amount of stuff he does, I've now given him a new title. He's social secretary as well. Des Turnbull, hiya, Des. Hiya, Pauline. How are you doing, Mike? I'm great, and you do organise so many things for Journeyman, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um... I've I've been sort of with Journeyman now since last November as a sport worker and I've sort of taken over sort of the social side because that's sort of me. Yeah. I, I like getting people out and about and having fun and talking. So you you're going to nip in and out during our podcasts and you're going to tell us exactly what's going on. Okay, so every Wednesday, and you're aware of this, you've been along and you were talking about it with Ross before, uh, we do have a walk and talk. Now, at the moment, we've actually had to split that into two as well because there's some guys who are a little bit slower at walking and there's some guys who do rush off into the distance. So at half past 10 to half past 11, uh, we have a walk and talk, which is the faster one. So for the more physically able and get around, have a chat, do exactly the same thing. And then from half past 11 to half past 12 on a Wednesday, it's the slower walk maybe for the older guys who don't want to run round and do two and a half mile walk. That's me, mark me down for that one. Okay, I'll put you down for that one, Pauline, <laughs> no problem at all. Um, and that's come about basically because now we're getting up to about 30 men wanting to come on a walk and talk every week. And do you know what's great? I'd forgotten how gorgeous Birkenhead Park was. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It mm -hmm. is. And every time we go into the park, we take a different route and there's always something different to see. Uh, we also have fishing. As you mentioned, I'm the facilitator for the fishing. I'm registered with the Angling Trust as a support coach. Uh, so even if you've never fished before, I can show you the ropes. Uh, we did a trip yesterday and one guy came along, never been fishing before in his life, I held the rod at all, and he was the only one to catch a fish all day. You know, I was watching um, a, a, a fishing program the other day and I said to Frank, I think I'd like to try that. And he went, you stand in the middle of water, 
with uh, there was salmon fishing oh, in the middle of water in the pouring rain and how long do you think you'd last somebody could give me a chance <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we do if you think about it you're outside you're by the river there's nature there we were watching seals the other week in the river mersey we were watching porpoises go down the river mersey you know it's amazing it's absolutely fantastic and five hours outside chat like-minded people just having fun again yeah you know doesn't matter whether you catch a fish or, or not. Or is it the world gone for five hours? Well, that's exactly yeah. it. These little tiny events that we do, do help people get another social network around them as well. Yeah. You know, you get into other groups, you find like fishing friends, you find Facebook groups like We'll See Fishing Adventures, who are our sort of, uh, well, they sponsor us. Um, and they make donations to us and they look after the fishing guys. Great. And that's every week? Uh, that's not every week. If you check the website for times and dates, uh, and my email address is on there, so if you want to come along to one of the fishing days, email me. I'll give you the time and the date. We do say, though, there is a £5 charge for it, but that covers all your bait, all your rigs, all your leads, and the tuition as well. Brilliant. And all the equipment's there too. So we've got the equipment. You don't need anything. Just turn up. As long as you've got a drink and the sensible clothing, you're very welcome. Uh, we also have the Pride of Sefton 2, availability of that, which is a canal boat over in Liverpool. Pauline's been on that with us, uh, so we've seen that and it's absolutely amazing. That's another it's three, four great hours. great day out. Isn't it? Great. Three, four hours relaxing. Yeah. Going around Liverpool docks, going through the Albert dock, getting down into Brunswick dock and just seeing life at three miles an hour. And uh, again, there'll be a councillor on board too, so we can do a floating councilling session. Fabulous which if you do have an issue that you need to bring up, come sit on the front of the boat for an hour, have a chat with the counsellor, you know, and it just, it'll, again, it's a relax and it just takes your mind away from everything. And coming up, as you were discussing with Ross, is the walking football, which is going to be fantastic. Um, from September, we're going to be able to use the Birkenhead Boys Club. Uh, we've arranged that with them, so I'm finalising that at this point in time. And until then, through August, we're going to be doing it in Birkenhead Park, which is great. And again, where we are today, uh, in this lovely studio, we have a photography club, uh, which is run by Paul, another one of our support workers. In future, at the moment, we haven't got any up, but we are doing walking and hiking days. Uh, so Paul has become a lowland hill walk leader, uh, and he's got to do 40 guided walks before he can go onto his highland leaders course. Uh, so he's going to be going over to North Wales and around the Wirral, we'll mostly go over to Hilby Island one day, you know, and so these are all the things we're getting out there. Fabulous. Trying to, trying to change people's lives for the better at the end of the day, Pauline. That's fantastic, and you'll be along a little bit later with some more stuff. I certainly will. That's yeah. fabulous. All right. Thank you. Great chatting to you. Right, well, I suppose this is... One of the most important interviews of the podcast because um, the guy sitting next to me now is... It's all your fault, really, isn't it? It certainly <laughs> is. I'm sorry for everyone. <laughs> and I'm talking now to Phil Roberts, uh, who is very responsible for journeymen. So, first of all, Phil, why and how did this all come about? Uh, this come from an idea I had in my head, and I've had many ideas over the years, but this is the one that come off. And this one worked. Yeah, yeah. this one worked. Um, all it was, my time in the police, uh, I've seen that people were struggling in, in the community, uh, and scratched below the surface, and it's mental health. 
and at some time it's long standing mental health and you're not talking for a couple of months you're talking years sometimes decades um, and people were really struggling and that's got a knocking effect to what was happening in families to the children um, into the into the community they were committing uh, offences within within the community and getting criminalised for it as well uh-huh. and also the worst part of it people were killing themselves uh, do you think that's because people don't recognise their mental health problems or didn't do and are becoming a lot more aware now? Yeah, the awareness is there now. Yeah. Um, and there's some wo- wonderful organisations and now we've got sports people and royalty talking about mental health, which is always a good thing. And as Ross said, it's, you know, um, it's, good, it's good to talk yeah. about mental health. And uh, journeymen are here uh, to support the men because you mentioned Tomorrow's Women before, which is a wonderful organisation, but on the world there was no Tomorrow's Men. No, there's nothing. And this is where the men were struggling. So as part of my job in the police, uh, it basically fell in, in between two sexes. If, if I got a woman who was suffering with mental health issues, I had somewhere to signpost her. The poor fellas had nothing. Yeah. Uh, and all I could say was, have you been to the doctors? Um, and nine times out of ten the, the answer was yeah he's giving me a load of pills and on a Saturday night when I'm bored, lonely, depressed, drunk, whatever I'm going to take them all um, and unfortunately did have quite a lot of suicides mm-hmm. which is you know for somebody to be standing there and think that's the only way out um, so as a result of that I thought this is we've got to go for the tomorrow's type men yeah so I'd left the, the police and right at the beginning of a pandemic, which yeah, was great my timing. Look, brilliant timing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just my luck. With me and Leon, uh, we come up with this idea and we opened and on the 7th of April 2020. And if there was ever a time to open a men's mental health hub, it was there and then. A lot of organisations just shut up they shop. They did, they closed yeah. their doors, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, totally. And, you know, no one was picking up phones. And literally, we had this virus that we didn't know anything about. It was scary. The stress levels were off the scale. Uh, the people were worried about the jobs, the home, security, money, family relationships. And that's even just people without any mental health Definitely. problems. So yeah. if you add into that, yeah. the mental health side of it, it must have been absolutely awful yeah uh, it was and you know what when we opened um, as soon as we did some social media stuff and we went on your radio show and and next thing the phone starts ringing and ringing and ringing and it's never stopped since and which is great and since we've opened um, you know we, we're about, about 16 months old now yeah uh, we've had over 350 men uh, come through us uh, now, but we not just deal with the uh, with the men. We deal with the the girl uh, girlfriends, the wives, the boyfriends, the kids, the whole family as well. And we make them feel welcome. We just want them to be just enjoy life. Life is hard, and it's even harder now. But you know what? From what me and my team do, and you do, you know what? We're we're getting through this with smiles on our faces. And it's not just. Um, I mean. It, it, sometimes people with mental health problems can be 
quite affluent and Definitely. whatever, but they still needing that support, that help. Definitely. Uh, for the time being, you know, we've got men from a vast range of yeah. ages. Uh, you know, and there's vet ex-veterans. The veterans, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've we deal with veterans. We, Ex-prisoners, uh, yeah. like we were talking uh, about to Ross. It, but that's it, and it comes from mental health can affect anyone. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what age, you know, what area you live in, what house. Yeah. If you live in a big house, a small house, it doesn't make any difference. Once that mental health has got a grip of you, you need help. Yeah. You need support. And that's exactly what Journey Men are here for. We want to support them. And in your 16 months, which isn't a long time, you've had some amazing results. Oh, we've had some um, some of the results. Um, that's that makes everything worthwhile. The main thing is, is we got these results, and these men are still alive. They're still part of society. They're still dads to the kids. They're still in employment. You know what? It's it's money. In the bank that as far as i'm concerned it's um, success rates and i mean ross is is a, is a perfect example isn't he really walked yeah. in um didn't really did probably didn't know why he walked in didn't was pretty angry and pretty sort of peed off with the whole thing yeah. but then sat down emptied his guts if you like yeah. and uh from that he's become a much better young man and and he knows he can now put his finger on his problem yeah. there must be other success stories like that other people maybe who are working for you that well yeah ross is an absolute legend in my eyes as far as i can see because literally yeah his journey and it's great he's got that lived experience so when he's he's going to be on on the staff soon as a volunteer and then we'll take it from there as well once you get uh, the likes of ross sitting down with another man who's you know going through it sometimes it's like a game of top trump sometimes he was going well if i was drinking say five cans of lager a night one of our men can say well this time last year i was drinking 10 and then you know what if i can do it you can do it yeah. and it's so powerful to yeah. see that lived experience and, and you know we spoke to well you spoke to des before he called me as as uh, one of the, the men you know it took him um, a couple of weeks to pick up the phone he come in he completed his journey then wanted to give back um, and he, he was a volunteer and then once we got some funding in now he works for us and you can see the amazing work what he does yeah and you know you mean our new social secretary oh I, i've got to pay him more now haven't i <laughs> 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 right i'll get him a name badge with that <laughs> and he makes a nice cup of tea as well yes uh, yes he does, does yes yeah. uh, <laughs> that goes a long way and he's going to be my social secretary he's going to sort me out um, a nice plan of attack um, <laughs> and now the thing is you, you've, you've got some great people working with you but you always need something more like for instance funding volunteer support so yeah. tell us how people go about getting in touch if they're on uh, if they're in in any sort of way that they can help if there's anybody out there who can help us with uh, any property we do need a bigger office um, let us know um, if there's any funded opportunities uh, the likes of um, we've been commissioned by the CWP which is great uh, we've had money from Steve Morgan, which Steve Morgan. Um, he does a lot for everybody. Yes, he's, yeah. without yeah. him, he's we would have really struggled. Yeah. Uh, without his uh, his team, uh, and they are amazing. I will never forget all the help and support that they've given us.
Um, but then, even the smallest of businesses can help. Yeah, there's a local hairdresser's um, on Woodchurch Road. They're doing a, a day and where all the money they raise is for, for us, which is great. So we'll go along and we'll brush up the, the hair from the floor and, and all that, which is great. Uh, so large or small, we, we had a fella on when we did um, some stuff on, we were on ITV and BBC. A local man, he knocked on the door and gave us a cheque for £100. And this is just a, a local man from Birkenhead. And you know what, large or small to me, you know, the community is invested in the community as well. Journeymen are firmly part of the whole community, not just Birkenhead, it's Birkenhead and beyond because we're going over the other side of the river, we're into Cheshire now, we're getting big. Um, but we do need that investment. So if there's anybody out there who can help us, uh, give me a ring. And, uh, we'll How do they get in touch with you, Phil? Uh, just give us a, a ring at the at the office, uh, the the website, social media. We're on Instagram. Uh, have a look. Uh, just, just Google Journeyman. Journeyman. Everything will come up. Everything is on that website. I went along with uh, a few months ago and did the assist suicide yeah. course. Um, that doesn't sound right. That name does it? But oh, no. um, it's it it was an amazing experience for me. Um, and and the, the rest of us that were there, yeah. and it was really it was real eye opener, and and people are there to help you, wh whatever situation you're in. I mean, even if you think, okay, uh, well, I've just lost my job, so what can be? Who can help me with that? I don't know anyone who can help me with that. Mm. You're wrong. Yeah. You, you just pick up the phone. Yeah. You Google journeyman and just. Or walk through the door. Yep. You're only you're just your address is Chester Street, isn't it? You're yeah, just, number fifty six yeah. Chester Street. Yeah. Right by the, um, the magistrates court as yeah. well. So we're easy to get to. And you know what, we're here. Brilliant. Thanks, Phil. Thanks a lot. Thank and you, thank Pauline. you for having that great idea. You and Leon. Thank you so much. Well, there's not an awful lot more to say really, except that um, this has been our first podcast. This is certainly the first of many. We're going to be back um, in December so that with our Christmas edition and our early winter edition as well. And uh, from me, Pauline Daniels, I would like to thank you very much for tuning in. And also, for any feedback, we'd like you please to email leon, that's L-E-O-N, at journeymencic, that's journeymencic.com. So any feedback at all about the podcast, anything you would like us to actually address on, on the podcast, any more information that you need, then please, please, please get in touch and we will sort it out. And I am now I'm going to hand over to our social secretary, Des, for our final bit and our closing announcements of what's coming up before we get to Christmas. Thank you very much again, Pauline. You're welcome. Okay, so you did mention earlier that you are doing your stand-up and that is on Friday the 5th of November at the Flora Pavilion in New Brighton. Fireworks. Oh yes, fireworks. <laughs> There's always fireworks where you're involved, Pauline, let's be honest. Actually, um, it's fun just to watch me walking in heels after 18 months, so I'm, you know. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I, I, I just try mine on every Saturday night, so. And you look lovely in them. I, yes. I'm sure I do. I don't let anybody else see normally, <laughs> so you're very privileged. And this is the Get, Before, Get Me Before the Crematorium does. Okay, and that's from half past seven till half past nine on the 5th of November. If you want tickets for that to go and see Pauline in this absolutely hilarious two-hour show, uh, contact floralpavilion.com uh, and they will certainly, uh, well, if there's any tickets left, we don't know, it might be sold out, pretty sure. Sure it will be. Sure it will be eventually. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah. 
But um, yeah, get in touch with the Floral Pavilion if you want to go and see Pauline. She's absolutely hilarious and such good entertainment. How much do I owe you for that? Uh, well, we'll talk about that right, later. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Um, but yeah, if you also need to get in touch with Journeyman, don't hesitate to do it. It will be, it, it can be hard. It took me, as Phil said, a couple of weeks to even pick up the phone to dial the number. But once I did that, my life changed. Okay, so get in touch online at www.journeymancic.com. Uh, there is a referral form on the front page there. Uh, there's also a wee video of myself and Ross's video will be on that as well. Um, you can also call the office on 0151 792 9159. That's in working hours between 8 and 5. If it's outside those hours, get in touch with the crisis line. If you are going into crisis, phone the crisis line. The number is also on our main line when uh, on the answer phone there. Um, so that's about it, Pauline. That's where we are. Well, it seems as your social secretary, I think I need to discuss with you because um, I thought, seems as you're looking for volunteers and new ideas, I quite fancy maybe doing a little bit of a, I don't know, not a theatre course, but something in the way of the arts. What do you reckon? Sounds pretty interesting. We do have a few arty guys there who would like to do something like that. We could be sort of, um, uh, what do we call it? I'm trying to think now, I can't think of the word. Well, it's no good asking me, I'm no. 66. Well, I'm getting a tattoo next week, it's just me naming an address because I'm bound to forget that tomorrow. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, we will be back. We will certainly be back. We will be back at, uh, in December. Yeah. yeah, so don't forget, if you're out there, get in touch.